Welcome back to the Health Triad Method podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about protein and how it could be impacting your health and well-being journey. We are joined by head coach Stacy, transformation coaches John and Chris, and our doctor of cardiovascular medicine and transformation coach, Dr. Joe Tell. Here's a quick snippet of what to expect in our podcast today, and then we will get into the main body. It's not just a muscle building uh, macronutrient, it's you know so important for, for health, for well-being, for thriving rather than just surviving. I think that comes up quite often where people are worried about the supplementation. And for to be honest, I see whey protein and vegan protein shakes as part of our our food rather than you know a sports supplement. So we're joined by the incredible team today, and we're going to be talking all about protein. This is one of the things that keep coming up with our clients. Um, there's a lot of conversations around the misconceptions of protein. Um, so I think it'd be really cool to tackle that today. I think another really good thing to discuss is how we can start to get more protein into our diet. And then I would like to talk about the benefits of protein. So let's talk about some of the misconceptions that we see. I think one of the biggest ones we come up against is the health implications of eating too much protein. So I'd like uh, Stacey for you to, to tackle that, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. So yeah, this is something that sort of um, has been around for a while, this misconception that if you eat more protein, it's going to be dangerous for you and especially uh, bad for your kidneys. Mm. And it's something that in research has just been shown to be untrue time and time again. Like Unless you have an underlying kidney condition, higher protein intake shouldn't have any negative impact on your kidney function. They've done studies up to, I think, about 4.4 grams per kilogram of protein, which is much higher than most people will eat. And there were no negative health impacts to it at all. I think that, like, that's definitely, it's it's a misconception that is slowly being overcome, but it's definitely something that's still pretty common. Um, but it's something that you shouldn't worry about um, unless you have reason to think you may have an underlying kidney issue. Um, and, you know, it's so important to be getting that protein in. People think that, if they eat the RDA or close to that, then it's enough, but it's just not. If the RDA is the bare minimum you need to avoid disease, you know, like protein is crucial for so many things in your body. Every process in your body is run by enzymes. Every enzyme is a protein. All your cells are made of proteins, you know, all your muscle tissue is made of proteins. Everything gets turned over in your body on a regular basis and you need protein to be able to rebuild the replacements that you're, you're turning over, you know. I, and I can see you're really passionate about protein. <laughs> but no, it's, it, I've had this question many times. <laughs> we, just to put that into context then, so if somebody's 100 kilos, they could eat all the way up to 440 grams of protein a day and there would be no negative health implications there. What if somebody was to say, well, actually, you know, if I go and get my blood test done, um, I've noticed certain things within my blood so that maybe that is going to become a problem. Is there any, question, any kind of um, answers that you provide from that perspective? Yeah, well, I want to start by saying, like, obviously, if you have things come up in your blood that are red flags, then obviously pursue it with your doctor. Like, we're not doctors. Um, but especially when it comes to kidney function on blood tests, so things like uh, blood urea nitrogen or your urea content, your creatinine, um, and your glomular filtration rate on your blood tests, those can be heavily impacted by things like a high-protein diet. So if you have a high protein diet, you're going to have more protein turnover and so more urea produced. So your urea will likely be higher in the blood test. Yeah. Um, also, if you're training intensely and have more muscle breakdown and that sort of thing, that's gonna have an impact. That's also gonna impact your creatinine levels. So there are, when you start getting into a lifestyle where you're eating higher protein, you're training regularly, maybe you're supplementing with things like creatine, those are all gonna have impacts on, um, specifically on blood, uh, 
test for a kidney function that can make you lay slightly outside of what is the quote unquote normal range. And these things can be quite acute, but if they were if they were chronic, you'd probably already know it was an issue right now. So you'd probably know that coming into a health journey that there are some of these underlying factors going on. So I think that's really, really helpful. Um, you know, one of the things that we always hear is that with uh, with protein, maybe you're going to get too big. I think specifically, John, if you could cover this, man, people talk about protein. Is it just for bodybuilders? Is it just for, for muscle gain? I think Stacey's already recognized that there's way more going on there with protein. But, you know, with supplementation, for example, if we ask somebody to take whey protein, there's always that mindset that maybe this is just a supplement for bodybuilders. I'd like your kind of opinion and your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, that was the, I think everyone getting into a fitness journey or just understanding nutrition and protein will think that because I know I thought that when I first started as well. Um, I was first introduced to it when, when I started training and I never thought of just, you know, having a protein shake just because it was good for getting a, you know, a certain amount of protein in. I think we need to stay away from that and, and see as see whey protein as a food source and not not something that's a negative thing. Um, I get a lot of clients that say, yeah, I want to eat, you know, you know, I want to eat lean meat and all this kind of stuff, which you should, you should focus more on that. But it's not a bad thing if you're trying to hit a certain target of protein to have a whey protein here, here or there. But it's not specifically for for bodybuilders, it can be for anyone. And like Stacey said, it's extremely important for so many, so many things within the body. Yeah, especially it's not just a muscle building uh, macronutrient. It's, you know, so important for health, for well-being, for thriving rather than just surviving. I think that comes up quite often where people are worried about the supplementation. And for to be honest, I see whey protein and vegan protein shakes as part of our, our food rather than, you know, a sports supplement. I think could easily just make it a food product these days. And we do see it in supermarkets more and more often now as well. So it's good to see that that is kind of a, a, a divide that's actually been broken down. I'd like to hear uh, from you, Chris, you know, you work with a lot of our clients and you must have the same sort of questions coming up, right? How do we get enough protein into our diet? Especially if we've started off and we've been tracking and we're seeing that we're very, very low in protein intake. How do we start to build that up? And what kind of things can we consider? I think initially it's good to think about what is the total protein goal we've set and then roughly know how many meals and snacks we're looking to get a day so we can get a figure of what we need to get in sort of per meal. And then we need to think about, you know, what sources are we looking at? You know, is it, we're going to have obviously, you know, meat, fish, eggs, um, various yogurts now. Are we looking, you know, vegan sources? And then I think we need to consider, uh, is what we're consuming a natural sort of protein source or is it just something that contains protein? So a lot of protein sources, it's going to be predominantly protein. So most of what makes up um, that food is going to be protein. So in terms of calories, it's not going to bring a lot with it. Whereas if we're looking at certain things, uh, particularly, you know, things like nuts and beans, you've got to be wary that as much as they are a good source of protein, can carry a lot of extra calories with them too, with them being slightly high fat or carbohydrate based. So it's making you've got a nice wide variety. So you don't get bored. Um, you know, a good split of amino acids. But I think the main thing is convenience will play a part too because it needs to be something you can regularly consume uh, and get into your diet without struggling too much uh, and also not bringing a lot of extra calories with it too. Do you know what? I, th I think one of the first things that you said there was really, really uh, powerful is actually understanding what is the total and how can you break that down into the day? 
and how you can break that down into different meals. So it's really about pre-planning some of that stuff because it's it's not a macronutrient that you're naturally going to get if you're not thinking about it, if you're not proactive in the approach. So everything you said there is really, really valuable. So thank you for sharing, Chris. Um, Josie, would you mind just giving us a few of the, the benefits that you've seen with your clients when they've started to increase their protein over time? Um, maybe they haven't hit their, their specific goals and they've not been rigid with that, but they've started to make the changes. What kind of things have you seen with clients firsthand in terms of success? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing I've seen is the satiety level, so feeling fuller, mm. um, which previously they might not have done. Um, so your energy levels are balanced if you're having the three sort of three structured meals in a day and maybe some snacks. And so because your energy levels are balanced, you're not um, binging or snacking mm. on other extra calories. And so it's causing that calorie deficit in that way. Um, because you're not having those added calories. Yeah, I think that's really, really cool. So just by making a bit more of a conscious awareness of eating more protein, suddenly all these kind of cravings that they were having before start to disappear. And obviously on the back of that, if you're taking more control of this, your body composition is going to start to change and you're going to start to feel a healthier, more energetic, but you're also going to see the changes physically too. And it's really just one simple thing that we can work on. I know that when we talked uh, last time when we were discussing how to look at your diet, the things that you can start to focus on first and foremost, I feel that we were all in agreement that protein was probably one of the first things to actually almost master to achieve that long-term success. I think this has been incredibly useful. I'm gonna leave some notes below this video. If anybody's watching this video today, they've got questions on this, um, maybe you're wondering about vegetarian protein and different ways you can get that in. Please feel free to comment back, ask us anything that's on your mind and tune in next week for more support and advice. But thank you all and thank you team. We'll catch up soon. If you enjoyed this episode today, all I need from you is to subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, rate the podcast and review it. If you share this podcast to a friend or family member, you will be helping us in our mission to educate and inspire our community to positive change. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm incredibly grateful. And until next time, have a powerful week.